0: The following podcast is a production of the LAG Creepy Pete and Chili Cheese J present Alright, so uh
1: this is just to um, prove to you that I'm not lying about this dude I found Okay, so there's a bit of weirdness I should not have felt doubt. i playing this game too fucking much. What the f***?
0: Pet scout A lame-ass gamers network investigation.
1: That's a dead kid. This is just luck that I happen to find this.
0: Green. That's all we see, with Demo notice flashing once again at the center top of the screen. Suddenly, we're in a bedroom. The Guardian sprite enters this bedroom and takes in his surroundings. There's a dresser on the left, two twin beds, one with a blue bedspread, the other in green, with another dresser on the right, next to a model of a windmill. As the demo notice still flashes, the player interacts with the windmill model's prompt. The windmill vanished off the face of the earth. Suddenly, a solemn tune begins playing as the text unfolds. Here's a similar puzzle for you, Marvin. There are two pictures of a door. In the first picture, the door is closed. In the second picture, taken later, The door is open. Nobody opened the door. The door did not open itself. The door, in fact, did not open at all. What happened? We see the Guardian sprite meander, running aimlessly into the objects in this bedroom, then suddenly cuts back to Paul, narrating his playthrough once again. In this instance, however, we now hear Paul explaining to us, in a very direct voice, why he is making specific movements while playing. He's being very deliberate and wants to make sure that we pay attention.
1: Thankfully, I have been uh, suddenly inspired by an idea that is, in a way, similar to the idea that brought me to this house, because that idea involved pretending something was there that wasn't there. And this idea involves pretending that this door is open rather than closed. You can see that it's closed, Um, but what I'm going to do and what I invite you to do as well is I'm going to picture in my head that this door is actually open right now. And if I were to pass through this doorway, what would happen? I would... would I bump into a door? No because the door is open, right? I would just keep going into the room that's there, and I happen to know, I'm gonna walk into the room right now. Uh, duh, duh, duh. I'm in the room. I happen to know what this room looks like because I saw it in a demo recording just today. Um, and you can see it too. I assume it will be up on the family YouTube along with this video that I am recording right now.
0: Paul is attempting to break down one of Petscop's biggest mysteries we've needed to answer to since it was first shown to us, the demo footage. All the while, that white bubble with the purple demo text still flashes as he enters the bedroom. Pieces scattered throughout. Where the windmill was in the beginning of the video is now just a censored black box. What happens next is Paul just experimenting as we witness gameplay videos superimposed over each other while he attempts to make sense of his theory of the demo of the game reflecting his choices playing in real time.
1: So the question is, what do I do next? If I if I were in this room right now, would I... Um, I want to go to the thing that Marvin didn't look at. So I'm gonna go to the right, um, and I think... So if I go to the right... Oh God, I think I went a little too far, actually. The problem is that it's a kind of a branching point. I could stop, I could be blocked by the beds, or I could keep going past the bed to the other side of the room, so I could actually be on either side of the room right now. But either way, I guess it doesn't matter, but I'm going to assume um, I'm on the thing that I got blocked by the beds, and if I go up, 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 uh, just keep going up, there will be a question mark that appears that will let me go and do something. Uh, And if I press X, something will happen. Um, And what will happen? uh, I think possibly a text box will open, because that's what happens with the windmill, right?
0: What Paul believes will be a text box shows up to us in the demo as a 3 by 5 set of picture frames, each a picture of a CD. Um,
1: but we can look at it later. Paul begins
0: mashing the X button um, to get what he it, thinks so is text, a, but he actually like activates one of the picture frames and zooms me. it in towards the screen. Paul continues to experiment as we get to watch the results.
1: I'm being real, um chaotic right now, with the controller. I'm thinking I'm being really productive right now. I think I'm definitely being really productive, um, it's just that we can't really see it. and hey cat, what are you doing, stupid? No. I'm playing this game too fucking much.
0: After all that, we hear Paul begin to say, okay, as if he were ready to see the results for himself. But the video cuts before he can even get the word out. Okay. When we go back to the footage, we are now treated to clearly edited video. Now we have the demo footage superimposed over Paul's playthrough footage. As he continues experimenting, he finally takes a minute to fully explain to us his firsthand experience with the demo and witnessing some of his former playthrough, even dating back a year when he first played the game.
1: So I've seen, I've actually seen recordings that it made of me from a year ago. Um, and I had not seen that, you know, recording in the time between, so it was holding on to this thing and only decided a year later to play back. Um, there are also um, recordings that I assume are stored on the CD or might even be scripted. But um, in one of the recent videos, this is this was one that went on the public YouTube, um, I lost the video. Um, I had the audio. Um, The game had the recording. There were two parts to this- this session. Uh, It had both of them. It played them back two different occasions as demo recordings. I got them, but okay, so here's the thing. Those demo recordings can be different, right? They can be different from when I was playing. The one- so when I caught all those pets and it showed the text, that was different from what it showed when I was playing. It it showed something. It happened to line up right perfectly. uh, Same number of text boxes and so forth. Um, And also the music wasn't there in the demo. Um, There can be differences, and this was part of what made it seem reasonable that the door could be open. Um, I'm not saying it wasn't still nuts. So I'm actually I'm going to do this now. So uh,
0: as Paul continues to judge and pace out his movements to alter the demo recording. We can see by the superimposed image, this is working. In the demo, we see the Guardian sprite in the bedroom has made it to Paul's goal, the left side nightstand. The sprite interacts with the prompt because of his calculated button inputs from his actual gameplay. The prompt is, however, not for a sum of text or information. The prompt brings up 15 squares, each with a CD framed, and slightly rotated in another direction. Paul has seen glimpses of this through the demo and experiments with how much he can manipulate them from his own gameplay. In the demo, his inputs do indeed randomly select the squares and manages to rotate a few of them. Paul is doing this blind and explains that at this point, He could be anywhere in the room as he is unsure of what he's doing.
1: Um, so, I mean, I could have gone just totally off the rails by this point. I could be anywhere.
0: (laughs) We cut to black and we reappear from the superimposed recordings to Paul's gameplay back at the house. There is a large bucket in the center of the room, a familiar sight to anyone following Paul's gameplay. He explains this is his sixth attempt and explains how he intends to solve a potential puzzle by opening the door across from the kitchen, by using his newfound knowledge of the demo, by pushing the bucket into the previously found room, moving it blindly through the demo recordings. We see the door is open in the demo like before, and because of Paul's inputs from before, we see he successfully pushed the bucket into the room. We hear the audio still from his recording, and listen as he paces out six steps while the Sprite mimics. One, two, three, four, five, six. This is his successful run, as we see the Sprite makes it to the right side of the nightstand. There is no windmill on display like before, though. Just another black sensor box on the wall with no nightstand in sight. Perhaps someone has moved out? Left? The bucket appears next to the sprite and it begins to paint black over the dark green walls, also seeming to cover what was being censored. The bucket produces a key given to the sprite, I and Paul, unsurely and, and still blindly controlling the sprite's actions, says,
1: Alright, now we're on the scary part.
0: We then listen to him pacing out his steps, Two. again from his recording making it back out of the room Paul must still blindly manipulate the sprite in the demo by getting his steps perfectly to the door on the right-hand side he succeeds as the demo sprite uses the key on that door and leaves through it the recording cuts to black but we hear another familiar angelic tone in the ambience as the recording ends the Garolina logo approaches from the center this time rotated. It appears the game is freshly booting up as we hear the familiar Petscott jingle from the start screen. Paul begins narrating and begins thumbing through the save files. Here I am.
1: It, uh, it, deleted my files.
0: His files were deleted, and the only save not empty is titled Strange Situation. Okay, what's this? As Paul selects Continue on the strangely named file, he starts with his camera not locked on him and in the new maker plane. We see yellow signs, one with a picture of Care A, Another with a picture of a cake with bright yellow balloons floating above. The third sign is an arrow pointing to a walkway of arrows leading into the house. Paul follows these and enters the house. As Paul enters, we see there is a cake and presents along with another yellow balloon held by Paul. The table by the fridge also has a single slice of cake with a blue balloon and several drawings of a blue tool. Paul Sprite now dons a colorful party hat. Is it Karen's birthday? Blue text appears. You made it. Happy birthday. Why are you covering your face? Oh. Paul is confused and asks,
1: What's that supposed to mean?
0: He walks over to the cake and interacts with it. More blue text. Of course I recognize you. Those eyes, that nose, it's still you. Paul walks over to interact with a single slice of cake and blue balloon, and we are greeted by the same text. Go ahead and have a slice. Oh, don't worry about those. Could this be referencing the blue tool drawings we see under the cake? Paul then examines the left side calendar, and we see it is November 12th, with a dancing cake on today. The same day that care was found after being missing. The dates from May 31st to November 10th are highlighted green like before. The blue text returns. I sure hope you've realized by now. It doesn't matter how long you've been gone. It doesn't matter how much you've changed. You aren't lost. Stop wandering and come home. Paul then examines the right side calendar and we can see this is from a different year than the left. November 12th still has a dancing cake, but there are no days highlighted in green. Paul then stops and states he needs to check something after thumbing through the calendar. Check
1: so, what I'm thinking is that this is either 1995 or it's 2017. Again.
0: Paul then turns around to explore the bedroom he had tediously worked through by using the demo recordings. The door is wide open in this save file, but as the sprite enters, we hear a thud and our camera view shakes, as if Paul is bumped right into the closed door. Once inside of the room, a darkness shadows over and we can barely make out the room. The blue text promptly chimes. Care, are you okay? You ran straight into the door. Did you think it was open? Aw, poor baby. As Paul runs around, illuminating piece by piece with his sprite, we notice the walls are black. This means the footage is clearly consecutive to the events in the demo. Paul makes his way to the CD puzzle on the left side. He selects and messes with a few of the squares, but the room is so dark it is hindering the view of each box. After rotating a few, yellow text indicating Care aggressively pans out. Where's the disk? Where are the discovery pages? Blue answers. What are you talking about? What disk? Discovery pages? Care frustratingly responds. Jill. Stop fucking ignoring me. Get in here and show me where that disc is. Um. Blue responds. No care, this is mommy. This is your mommy, sweetie. I'm right here in front of you. There's no one else here. What are you looking at? What's over there? Care. Can't you hear me? Can't you see me waving? Snap out of it. Care, where are you going? Paul is clearly shocked and remains still and silent in awe of what he just read. He then makes a strange statement.
1: I think that was based off of a conversation that I had last year on my birthday. If it wasn't just a coincidence, Then that means I'm. um. getting pranked. But I don't know how that magic trick works exactly.
0: Paul then leaves this bedroom. As he does, the game freezes, and we continue to hear footsteps of the Guardian Sprite repeatedly shuffle.
1: Game froze.
0: He states in a very concerned matter.
1: I have to call you right now.
0: The recording then cuts back to the save files with two empty slots.
1: I'm feeling very weird. And a
0: strange situation game save. Paul selects continue on this save and we are back outside of the house with the birthday scene and Paul shares a discovery.
1: So through Google, I asked the internet, how might one rewrite to a CDR? And the internet's response to that question was, you idiot.
0: You fucking idiot. What are you doing? Paul continues throughout the house as the blue text appears as it was before. Paul makes his way to the door that was unlocked in the demo recording. We see it's a garage, so
1: I'm in the garage vacant,
0: now. and lit only by a computer monitor displaying the Petscop website. The computer is made by Tarnacop, oh. and we see the website has an image of Tool on Speaking it.
1: Speaking of this, this is the website. For some reason, it's in the game on a computer screen. But yeah, this is it. And this is the, this is the Your Child page. Judging by all the text. Wish I could read it. Got no idea what's going on anymore.
0: Paul returns back to the bedroom, and like before, he passes through, but seems to bump into a closed door. This appears to crash his game as the text box loads in, but fails to type the prompt. After moments of silence, Paul humorously and frustratingly simply says, Fuck. Petscot 15 returns to the first person footage inside the school that we first saw in the 11th video of this series. Instead of the green tool being displayed on the right of the screen, now it's to the Guardian sprite's immediate left. This section of the game still comes off as half-finished. The player of this demo footage roams the halls of the school, collecting pieces. At 16 seconds into the video, we hear a snippet of music. The player acknowledges it only for a split second, turning back but disregards it and continues forward through the hallways of the school. As the player collects pieces and goes about their way, suddenly the guardian sprite is pulled back by the game itself. The sprite's eyes now black, inverted triangles. What the player sees is a giant photo of a faceless girl green gardening hat over long brown hair, red blouse, and extending her left hand as if she's reaching for something. The closer the player gets to the photo, that music begins again. The player walks closer and four letters are hovering in front of the photo. Girl. As each letter horizontally rotates in view, the player inspects these hovering letters, then walks away as there's nothing happening. They get back to the pieces they were collecting before when the game yanks them back again into the photo in the exact same fashion it did the first time. The player is placed right in front of the photo and the girl again, in dead silence. They look around, then again attempt to further explore the hallways of the school. It's only seconds before the sprite is snatched back to the picture of the girl for the third time. They look around again, that music fading in and out. The player heads back into the hallway again, but this time taking a right into an open door. The sprite glitching into the seemingly underdeveloped part of the game. We get a quick fade into what seems to be a similar classroom like we witnessed in Petscop 11. This time though, it's just a concrete room with a single desk, a chalkboard, Seemingly no door, and Marvin. We see the feet of the Guardian sprite enter from behind the chalkboard. Marvin sprite moves around as the player enters, and strangely, the player initiates conversation using controller inputs on the PlayStation. The player again makes a slow attempt at utilizing this feature of Petscop, which translates to not in table marvin sprite quickly scripts out sit here for the present as the guardian sprite moves to sit into the desk in front of the chalkboard a victorious bit of music plays marvin disappears behind the chalkboard after 28 seconds of nothing we hear a sound when suddenly marvin comes out from the left side followed by of all things The Bell Sprite emerging from the right side of this chalkboard like a fucking magic show. This is Bell, Marvin states. the spelling of her name like that of the object, rather than Bell with an E on the end as we know here in Petscop 12. Marvin Sprite then disappears behind the chalkboard again. Before the Bell Sprite responds with, I am Tiara, not Bell. Oddly enough with a different sound effect than Marvin or the player's controller created text this one is actually the sound of a bell ringing Bell sprite then mysteriously says press nifty The guardian sprite as slow as ever simply spells out what nifty Bell sprite again mysteriously responds No. Player 1 press nifty. 24 seconds of silence goes by. Suddenly, we're presented with what could only be a texture editor within the game. We are witness to all of the graphical textures displayed throughout the game. The player utilizes a pencil icon, similar to old school Microsoft Paint, to draw on the textures. They randomly scribble on the textures, before scrolling down to find that chalkboard texture they've been in front of in this video, and simply write, Hi. They exit the texture editor, and Petscott15 ends with us seeing that, Hi, on the chalkboard, the drawings the player made on brick textures, those scribbles looking very similar to that of Pink Tool. Petscop 16 greets us with the view of the garage Paul discovered in 14, but now with the view of a red vehicle within. A strange hum of music plays as we just stare at this dark scene. After 24 seconds of this, suddenly the hum cuts off, and a text fades into the screen, like nothing we've seen throughout Petscop. Before we're even prepared to read this text, A startling, high-pitched buzz, reminiscent of a weather alert warning, suddenly heightens up the tension. The unsettling text reads, No controller input has been detected for a long time. Family, neighbors, police, or whoever, keep the game console running. Call provided phone number. The number is completely censored. The screen flashing a bright red with every noise seemingly trying to alert someone, who might be in the vicinity of whatever screen is at the other end of this mysterious transmission. After 30 some seconds of this, an image slides into view from the right, overlaying the view of the garage. It appears to be a top down view of a room, almost like a surveillance footage. On the left appears to be a bed, with a flickering red circle, what looks like an old CRT television at the bottom left, and what could possibly be a chair in between. On the right of this overlaid screen is interesting. It very much looks like the piano we've seen in demo screens throughout the series, the one that has a PlayStation controller mounted on the top of it. The text at the bottom of this overlaid visual states, Burn-In Monitor possibly a reference to an old-school theory that if you left a game on pause for too long, the image would burn onto the screen, which did happen with old arcade games. The mystery is the text in quotes below that, which reads, Ghost Room forward slash Testing Room. Just as soon as we've taken this all in, the overlay of that room scrolls out through the right of the screen. And we get the alert again regarding the lack of controller inputs, for an extended time. After another 30 some seconds of this, the overlaid screen of whatever room this is slides back into view. We hear a strange, pulsing sound as the red circle, in what must be a bed, continues to flash on the screen. Then we're right back to the alert. At 2 minutes and 15 seconds, the alert screen cuts sooner than before with a split second of a black screen, then right back to the alert as if we just witnessed a time jump in footage. This time, when the overlaid footage of the room comes back into our view, the red circle that had been in the bed previously is now well right of what we believe is a chair in front of a television. We hear those pulsating sounds as we watch the red circle make its way into the supposed chair, solidifying that we are in fact viewing the viewing of someone playing PetScop.
2: Everybody, it's your boy Chili Cheese Jay, and I'm here with the creepy Pete himself. I don't know why I called you the creepy Pete. I am the creepy Pete. I am <laughs> the, the one and the only, the
3: Peter, the motherfucking creeper.
2: And we are back after a three-month uh, sabbatical. I don't think you could call us a sabbatical. We weren't really on vacation. Has it uh, been that We're just long? kind of, uh, yeah. It's been three months since our last pet scop episode. We did do a, uh, a local 58 in between. That's so, what we did. Yeah. We
3: opted to wait when we really shouldn't have.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are officially on the PetScop timeline now of taking multiple months to to create these things. Which I mean, the the, the amount of work that we put into this. I mean, we give and a lot of and a lot of PetScop fans give the people behind this some shit for taking so long between videos, but the amount of work we put in just to cover it. Imagine the amount of work it takes to write, create, uh, they had- they're making these... this video game from nothing. I mean, this has got to be a shitload of work they're putting into this, and I hope to god they have some deal with YouTube to where, since they're not monetized, that they are getting money from this, because... Someone
3: deserves to get paid oh for this. Oh, my God. Yes. I hope to get because, I mean, they've
2: got millions of views. And the first thing we're going to do here is we're going to shout out everybody since... Especially since Petscop Easter is, which I'm calling it, because that whole weekend when we got those drops of what five videos, I believe it was. Yeah, five within what two days. And starting on the set, uh, when what was? It? I don't remember. It was the Friday before Easter when we were actually watching Barstool Rough and Rowdy up here, and then all of a sudden I look at my phone, and there it is, Petscop Seventeen. I believe. Yeah, yes, 17. 17. So we had to just stop watching Rough and Rowdy, and we did record a... After a long while, we finally recorded a emergency yeah. transmission. and It was like 2 o'clock in the morning it was at late. that point. Yeah. Because we, we watched... I think we watched Pets Up 17 twice and then watched it again as we were recording the emergency transmission, because it was a hell of a something. fucking episode. Yeah. That thing, you know gave a lot of away but we're not here to talk about 17 what i do want to do is i want to shout out everyone who has listened to all the podcasts in the past couple months because the numbers have been amazing um every time i look at the stats in the top 10 over the last seven days for the last three months all of the pets Cup episodes are in there and when i look at the playlist the numbers are just i never would have thought that this would have been as popular as it is so thanks to everyone who's listened it's really cool to see that this has been a success um i believe we are very fast approaching 900 total plays on our first pet scott podcast uh that is well under a year Uh, if things go the way they're still going we will hit 1000 plays by independence day so I'm okay with that that's very cool um I want to shout out the the we have a Patreon page obviously which is uh Patreon.com oh my god my computer's doing so many things at once here that it doesn't like it Patreon.com slash the LAG network and since uh Pets well in the last three months since our last Petscop we have two new patrons KCL and Dane Brute Dane Burchette and they are you know they're just giving one dollar a month that's all we ask one dollar a month it pays for us to be able to upload things to SoundCloud which is the host for all of the podcast networks you can find us on um if the more and more people donate, we can buy more equipment because God knows these mics we use will stop working at some point in time. These <laughs> mic arms we use are garbage, but thank God they are as cheap as that- these this equipment is the reason we can do this <laughs> shit. I mean we both I mean I work at the radio station, you have access to the radio station, we get to use the radio station shit, but your podcast, Welcome to Horrorville, you wouldn't be able to do it without these fucking mics that we buy and the board that you had to buy, and so more income we get the more you know maybe someday we can buy good mics yeah
3: but <laughs> truth be told these oh what it's like 20 bucks for the arm plus the mic and these are over a year and old now stellar we've yeah. been
2: using these for a year well yours are a little younger sh-
3: yeah mine are a couple months younger um but my board and my mics because i use the same ones that chili cheese
2: jay uses i have no complaints yeah. money well spent it sounds good. We have the added bonus of being able to utilize a, a Adobe Audition at the radio station and those sexy that, yeah, <laughs> CQ settings. Yeah, we can we can beef up the sound and everything, which we do. But to be able to do this, we you know have to be able to buy these things. And well, you know, I've had these mic clip things that hold the 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 scissor arms up, break and whatnot. So we do need to buy shit from time to time. So it helps. Uh, just $1 a month. Uh, You know, if you just want to do it for one month, two months, you can fucking go away, you know. I'm not going to complain if you're like, you don't have to send a message saying, oh, I can't contribute anymore. Hey, I'm, well, I'm a normie with a normie job. I get it. Yeah,
3: we all get it. We got yeah. bills. Bills hit hard as fuck. So we get it.
2: if you can contribute just $1 for one month, cool. That's awesome. We appreciate it. And we'll shout you out like we just did to KCL and Dane Burchette thank you for the donations dame especially he's been a actually no he started on five dollars and he went down to one dollar totally cool totally cool with that
3: much appreciated
2: and uh you can hey if you just want to follow us on patreon like uh aria luna does which i know aria luna has been listening to our pet scott podcast since the beginning just follow us there and then randomly if you just want to throw in a dollar cool man we appreciate it we just want people to listen to the podcast and that has been happening with the Petscop podcast and the Local 58 one has gone well so far it's well over 200 views and now we have that on our YouTube page and it's like in under a week it's already at like 70 plays which is for us very good because we don't I think we have all like 30 subscribers to the YouTube page where you can also find all of our Petscop content as well So with that being said, I think this episode of our investigation into Petscop is going to be the best one yet. I have produced only the narrative audio for 14. Um, But that's the meat and potatoes. Oh, yeah. That's been probably the biggest episode for us to cover yet. 11, Uh I guess, was a little bit more because there's a lot more happening in 11, But there's just a lot more to produce in 14 because there's just a lot of Paul, which is ironic because this is the last Petscop as of now featuring Paul. And now we're up to 21 Petscop episodes since Petscop Easter happened. So 14 could very well be the last Paul narrated episode of Petscop, unless I'm missing something. He's not in 17. Yeah, he's not. No, he's eighties.
3: not. No, this... I never thought of it like that. But yeah, this is the one where... This is the last we see of Paul. Yeah. And it's a booming goodbye. I mean, Paul has a ton of dialogue, as you heard in the narrative.
2: A lot of dialogue, and not only just dialogue, but a lot of shit that... The, 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 the That's not the good thing, but the thing to really notice as you're uh, listening to that narrative that you can take away a lot more than just watching the Petscop video, which I think is why it's good we do Petscop in uh, audio form, is you can hear Paul from the very beginning of Petscop 14 when he, we first of all, all we see is that green screen of the demo, which is kind of symbolic for this video. Um, and then we see uh, the, as we can now call it, the Guardian Sprite uh, just waltz in and there's the windmill and we get a text of whoever is controlling this particular recording of Petscop interacting with the windmill um, which states Uh, I was hoping I wouldn't have to edit a bunch of this fucking narration but
3: I have uh, the script in front of me dude
2: my computer is having problems
3: You're referencing the windmill vanished off the face of the earth.
2: Here's a similar similar puzzle puzzle
3: for you, Marvin. There are two pictures of a door. In the first picture, the door is closed. In the second picture, taken later, the door is open. Nobody opened the door. The door did not open itself. The door, in fact, did not open at all.
2: Which, as we find out later... Again, we're, like, going full spoilers now because there's no point in holding back. As we find out later in Petscop's, um, there are multiple generations, versions of Petscop. And one in particular seems to be focused solely on Marvin and Marvin playing through it. So that this could very well be from that generation of Petscop. We don't know. Um, which kind of, like... Also, ties in the whole idea of what happens later with Paul and discussion that he witnesses. Uh, From this, we find that now Paul, we get Paul's playthrough, and now he's wandering around the house and into this bedroom, and he's describing how he has seen these demos play out. And even describing the demos as like being different from his playthrough, which he just might be seeing those different generations. Of Petscop that were recorded and seeing those demos and maybe he's just not putting that those two together because he just might not know that this is like the 17th generation of Petscop that he's playing um, so he's just and he even says to us flat out he's like this is him trying to explain that what creates these demos is him doing one thing and possibly it coming up as something else later on due to his controller inputs, which we did see in 13 saying uh, something along the lines of, we've recorded your controller inputs, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's what's important and everything. It's a growing organism and all of that business. So we're kind of seeing the the fruits of that whole idea of the controller inputs are being recorded and possibly creating other gameplay. And with the, the whole first part of this is just him mashing buttons trying to create what could possibly come out on a demo, and he's completely successful in doing so, as we see.
3: On um, his, uh, I believe he states 21st time.
2: Yeah, no, it was 22nd, like, <laughs> no, 20 second later try. It's, yeah, he's trying yeah. to get back into the room to where the windmill is, and he's saying that that's, like, his. he's, like, counting out the steps he's going, one, two, and we're seeing on that, the screen where it's happening, in the demo that he that he's not seeing, we it's like it corresponds to him going like picking up the pieces. It's like one piece, pick up two, three, four, and he finally gets there. And that's when uh, instead of the windmill, we see one of the censored objects that we've read about before via the. Um, when he's in the present room
3: and it tells you we've censored out a couple objects, yeah. objects may include, and it gives you the three items that they sent, which that out. also
2: kind of can lead, like that can lead us to talking about the fact that he is also in this episode, talking about the fact that there is a public YouTube and a family YouTube, which at the, f- when we were initially watching the f- this episode of Petscop, that was damn near a year ago. Now, um, you know, we were hearing that. We were like, where the fuck is this family YouTube and shit? And, of course, like, the Reddit and everything blew up looking for different YouTube. Like, trying to find a hidden YouTube page that was specifically for the family YouTube. Which does not exist. Who, who knows? It might exist. There might be one out there. Yeah, maybe well they'll open exist. it up. Maybe that's the end of Petscop. Them opening up the family YouTube. That'd be fucking something. I would cry. <laughs> but at the same time, like... It almost seems like the shit we get from 17 onward, maybe that's the family YouTube. That kind of seems like that's some of the hidden stuff that. Right, because it's not Paul's gameplay. It's. We get to see the very first generation of the game being created back in, like, actually have a timeline, because they have a timeline on the Reddit now that's on the progress document. Because the footage Uh, we're watching explains
3: how Petscop functions. It's all, it's everything that went into, like, creating the game. It's all, it's like a big, elaborate backstory.
2: I wish these wouldn't have to reload every fucking time. Thank God for Reddit. (sighs) See, now I'm not gonna be able to find it. My computer's having a hell of a time, so... Either way. Um... So we see that, sims- that, that censored object in the bedroom. That is not Paul's playthrough. It's the demo, which we are being led to think is the result of him mashing buttons. And then we see the paintbrush come out and paint over the the object. And I don't remember if this part of the script was yours or mine, because we... Like, I wrote like the first half of the fourteen script, and Creepy Pete took over for the second half. I don't remember if this is where I stopped or not, but the way the narration goes, like you say, because the windmill's not there anymore, and whatever is there now has been painted over, so we can't see. it. We couldn't see it anyway because it was uh, blurred. And you were like, I don't remember exactly what the script said, but you like s- say something about it, it was like, did she move out? Did she leave? you know maybe if we're talking about maybe marvin's wife having left oh, something along yeah, those lines was, yeah that is someone was, has uh, left now so the windmill's gone and whatever has taken its place marvin possibly or whoever it, it just it they don't want it to be seen cuz they paint over it with that black paint and everything
3: which we will come back to later because yeah, I definitely remember scripting that out, and I definitely scripted that out with my tongue and my cheek with that line. Like, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but that was a real surreal moment watching that paintbrush go over the, the green walls yeah. and knowing the context of it.
2: Yeah, and what I'm happens like, later wow, when the conversation happens between the, 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 the yellow and the blue text and everything. Fucking Jill. <laughs> <laughs> Which we need to know more about, to be honest. So, uh okay, so at that point, Paul is. St- I mean, the, this whole part of the gameplay is just Paul mashing oh, buttons wow. and talking about how he's trying to show us this demo sequence and what it means. And, you know, you get that in the narration. So, this is the part where the game restarts. We get a cut. The game restarts. Does it freeze, perhaps?
3: Yeah, it, like, freezes as he...
2: No, okay, so it's cutting... It's just cutting as he keeps trying to attempt this shit. So, it cuts randomly, and we see the... That's when we see the Garolina logo come up at an angle, rather than straight up and down. Uh, And we hear... You can hear Mike, you can hear Paul like picking up the microphone, putting like a microphone headset on, and then he just says, "Here I am." And he goes into the save files and finds that his save files have been deleted, and he's very confused by this. And that's when we get the strange situation which is written over the save file. Cuz you can even see where it says how many pieces that have been collected on that save file, but that strange situation is written on top of all that, even. So, Paul, of course, having no other option other than to restart a new game, just clicks on Strange Situation. And that's when it puts him in the game, the new make, the new Maker Plane, and it has the signs there with the cake, uh, the the balloon hanging off of the cake. I don't remember what else is on the signs right now off the top of my head without seeing it right here in front of me. The signs
3: are a... There's the birthday cake. Then there's a little picture of Care A. And then there's an arrow, like, pointing up to the house with a little yellow balloon with
2: it. Which then leads Paul in there. And as he enters the house, he suddenly has the party hat on and the yellow balloon hanging off of him. That was a fun
3: little touch. I love that they did that. Yeah. The attention to detail in Petscop is mind-blowing.
2: And also, the thing we didn't point out in the narrative is how the screen is kind of, like... It's only like three fourths of the screen from the top left or top right, and then we, but in the like on that lower, uh, well, on the left and the lower left, we see like uh, an even care symbol. We so it's not full screen what we're seeing of Paul's game through gameplay right now, and we're still in demo. This whole thing always has the demo sign flashing. And this is when the whole uh, the text dialogue between the blue and the yellow, which we think blue, we come to think is Jill, or the mother, yellow, is Care.
3: She does use her name in
2: 14. Yeah. And she does
3: call her Jill.
2: It's very deliberate how the text is working back and forth of... You know, care has been gone. She's coming home for the first time, but she, but Jill isn't Jill now. And but it's, or, or no, care is not care now. But Jill is trying to remind care that this is you. You know, welcome home and things like that. And it's like there's some sort of dissociative problem going on with care. We assume now she's care NLM at this point. She's just.
3: The only thing that she cares about are what she calls the disc and the discovery pages. Um, the exact line is, what are you talking about? What disc? Discovery pages. Well, this,
2: that's all after the fact of, well, first we have...
3: We, and then, it's yeah, it goes into the whole, Jill, stop fucking ignoring me. Yeah. Get in here and show me where this disc is. But for the is. longest
2: time before, it's, it's you, know, you know, we have care. Are you Okay. You ran straight into the door. Did you think it was open? Which is, we, we, we hear that, pfft. we hear as Paul's, or the gar- oh. Guardian Sprite hits
3: his head. I'm, I'm jumping ahead yeah. of you, aren't I?
2: You ran straight into the door. What you, Did you think it was open? And that's, that's where something triggers the care character, the yellow text, saying, where's the disc? Which is being, you know, it's usually <laughs> And now it's like very ominous It's like warped sounding And shit in a way Where's the disc? Where's the discovery pages? And then Paul's like all of a sudden like Uh Excuse me? What? Because uh, Paul's realizing now Oh shit this is, this is me And he points out after this whole conversation happens Between, it's a, it's a very Confrontational Discussion about This game In particular it sounds like And see okay, I take this in two different
3: ways, and I don't know which way to take it So my initial gut reaction for going through this was the discovery pages and the disc have to do with Marvin's machine That we really haven't touched on since the whole like windmill shot
2: It really hasn't been brought up at all. I don't think it is at all Uh, I think it's particularly, it's, because Paul says after this whole confrontation happens, this was a conversation I had a year ago. he had, yeah. With
3: Jill. So my gut reaction
2: And a year ago would have been when he was still, when he was still in charge of the Petscop YouTube before the proprietors took it over.
3: So his discovery pages would be the notes of him going through Petscop in his
2: playthrough. And maybe this is the confrontation to where the proprietors, the family, whoever, were like, all right, we're going to take this over now. You're clearly, like, too deep. Right. And it's affecting you. Right. That's how I see it. See, like, that's the trigger to where the proprietors, you know, like, we made a deal with Paul. He's still going to keep playing, but we're going to now, we're the people that are putting this shit out for you. And Paul's just, like, gone off the fucking reservation. And that's the
3: latter way that I, out of the two ways I saw it, that was the one that came second. My first initial gut reaction was that these discovery pages in the disc were somehow like recordings of whatever this machine was and care being in them and care like freaking out going through a traumatic event and saying I want to erase all the evidence of this ever existing yeah. ever again. So I feel conflicted in myself be, I because mean, I don't know which way to it go. It could be
2: symbolic to that,
3: and it, yeah, it very well could be. I mean, we, we still you know, I mean, don't know much like, about care. We know that she's the same age as Paul, yeah, but we know that they're definitely not the same person.
2: And we're—I mean—it's breaking the fourth wall completely at this point. And I think that it does tie into the fact because he, like, you know, after the whole conversation ends, he explains totally how this has been this this was the exact conversation he had he Paul himself had with Jill a year ago on his birthday which it's playing out in Care's birthday party as he's seeing this and this is tying in to what I brought up I was hinting at this earlier of how when we watched the first demo sequence and when the it's okay I gotta There's so much happening in this shit. Yeah,
3: 14 is a wild ride. So,
2: as I said earlier, when describing how the green screen and all this, and then we get that first demo sequence before Paul comes in, and it's the dialogue of whoever is talking is talking to Marvin about the windmill. It's like, here's another puzzle for you, Marvin. Now, all of a sudden, this is Paul. Right. And so... We know going forward that there are different generations of the game that have been made, and it's been edited. Which we will get into in 15, if we ever fucking get there at this point, because 14 is so goddamn insane. But this game can be edited constantly. So is is this now been edited for Paul's purpose? Because Paul even says after this is over, as you'd say in the narration, Paul in a very just poignant way says I've got to call Jill now after all this is over and we're at a point in 14 and in this whole series to where and even Paul says I think think yeah it's in 14 Paul at one point says I don't even know what's going on anymore yeah, I think it's within <laughs> this whole con- like this whole situation here. He's like he's just he's he's he can't wrap his mind around.
3: Mind boggled completely. Yeah, because he's still trying to wrap his head around it's word for word the conversation that he had with Jill. And then he mentions I I need to call Jill. Like he knows something is wrong.
2: And like, we I, I wish I had the date of the f- the first video description that says, that talks about how the, we have taken this over. Like, Paul is no longer in charge of this YouTube series. I didn't That's even- something we should, like, try to... Put together. At Somebody
3: some point. has to have had documented that somewhere. What's well, still on?
2: All the descriptions haven't been changed. Those will, those will still be on the videos, but I, I'm not even going to try to look of at it. When it was so, changed. it's something yeah. for y'all to look into. This whole idea of when did the proprietors slash the family Jill whoever take the reins from Paul from the YouTube channel, the, the public YouTube channel, not the family one and say, all right, Paul, you're going to keep doing this, but we are now going to control what goes out because you are clearly in too deep. That's how I view it from that conversation from a year ago.
3: And And I I completely agree with you because based on that conversation that we validated multiple times that it is his, somebody wants him to kind of relax a little bit and just kind of enjoy, you know, be care. Be you. You're still you. Slow down. Enjoy yourself. But Paul's freaking out. He's like, no, I want to figure this out. Yeah. I need to I need to know what's going on with Pet Scott.
2: And we still I mean, there's so many unanswered questions of who Paul really is. I mean, obviously, we have the whole thing of Paul Leskowitz being the person who Uploaded the first links to the first videos onto the Reddit through the Reddit, yeah, and the whole Lena Leskowitz. Liskow, I can never pronounce the goddamn name right. I'm really good I would never Polish get it down. <laughs> <laughs> but there's that whole linkage that we will have to get into when we cover Petscop Seventeen at some point in time and and Petscop Easter and all that stuff. But for now, like this this portion of 14 ends with just Paul saying I need to call care or need to call Lena or fuck Jill I need to call Jill (laughs) and like it's like I need to call her now or something like that and the video cuts after that happens and it cuts right back to the Petscop uh, intro screen the save states and everything and we hear just the end of a sentence where Paul just says trapped in a very strange way. And then I have run down here, he says trapped, and then says, I'm feeling very weird. Completely and, understandably. Yeah. And that's when he go he clicks back on the strange situation nice. gameplay. My stomach is rumbling. I hope you don't have to hear that. Um,
3: to be fair I didn't realize that line of dialogue even existed until probably about 20 minutes ago when Chili Cheese J was talking about it.
2: And I didn't realize until I was needed. editing the fucking narrative portion today.
3: Yeah, and we something I totally missed. We've watched these Pet Scops from 1 to 21 multiple times. If not dozens of times. Never had that crossed my mind. That was a new discovery for me.
2: So as he goes back into the strange situation gameplay, it's replaying. I mean, it's not replaying, but he's like going back into that birthday sequence as if everything he experienced in that gameplay, he couldn't save because it did. It did. It froze up on him as he was trying to leave the room. It and we, didn't, we we forgot to bring up during that whole conversation happening. That bedroom is black. Yeah. So it's post everything in the demo. It's and the immediately whole the, the black paint and everything, yep. you know, that could be symbolic of that room being painted black and just being erased somehow, of whatever it used to be.
3: Oh, we'll touch on that. What is it? 19 or 20? That they get—it's during the the artifacts that they explain all of that, yeah, in dialogue.
2: When we finally get to see the censored objects.
3: Oh, that shit is fucked. Yeah, because it explains all the censored yeah. objects. That was my—that is right now my favorite part of Petscop.
2: I just wish it hadn't been on Easter because I was having to do Easter shit with my family. <laughs> yeah. Every time I got a, the fucking notification on my phone, I was just like. Gotta disappear for a while <laughs> So I can, like <laughs> run off <laughs> and, and watch this But I couldn't soak it in It just It was It was it, it sucked But I've like Not watched them really since I'm like saving it To where When we cover them I can dive right back Into them for the first time And since Easter Sunday I haven't watched any of them Since Easter Sunday Really? Nope You just wanna rediscover yeah. them And really I need to, let like, them like That settle. needs to be totally fresh The other one I've watched Is The sign. Okay. Uh, th- Which, that's you fair mean, enough. But, that yeah, mean, yeah,
3: you're really not yeah, that's that's I fine. Saw
2: the sign. Yeah, I it watched it. Opened up my <laughs> eyes I all the side. Fucking brilliant. We'll get to that when we get to it.
3: People made all the memes <laughs> about it. Yeah, it was great. The fact that
2: someone figured it out like an hour later after that went up is fucking brilliant. Because yeah. the only description on that video, Petscop twenty one, is just the sign. Yeah. And, so, and someone it. just
3: may, I managed to put it all together. Because you know, somewhere, somewhere fucking out there, there is somebody who, like, the sign, like, that is their hands-down favorite song ever. And they're watching that, and they're like, you know what? I should listen to the sign right now. And that that's probably when it fucking happened. Well, that- it links up,
2: because that was when we're, like, we get into the whole timeline of generations and stuff, and, like, right. years of when things are happening. And, because it's, it's obvious that... Uh, Cause like they have the whole care dancing thing that we've yeah. that has been that was talked about, and it's like that like the she likes to spin the era of that generation would have been around the time that song came out, which I, a lot of people that listen to our PetScot podcast weren't even born when that song was out. I was like fucking twelve. Yeah, I <laughs> that song was came
3: out. not in
2: existence. I was like in, I was like in like 6th grade dances when the sign was like the biggest song on the planet. <laughs> so I like I, I dig it in that aspect. And there is something I have something I might we might do after we do this is go into the timeline and make it a a Patreon exclusive because people who have paid for Patreon I think deserve exclusive content and that's something we might do afterwards because it could be pretty short. And it could be exclusive to that. So if you want to hear something like that, if we end up doing it, one dollar a month on the Patreon, all it takes. I
3: like that idea because it gives them something exclusive.
2: Yeah, it, I have other ideas too. Yeah, which I've already tried one of them, and the file was too big. So, but that's didn't something happen. Until later so okay where were we in 14 here okay so back to 14 we're at the portion to where now he's playing a strange situation again and the funniest moment in Petscop history happens <laughs> right now in my opinion um, cause this is all this is all after he's like dealt with the, the the fact that he just read a conversation he had with Jill from a year ago and he's like just like what the fuck why how is this on this fucking disc so he's after he says the whole trap thing and all that stuff. So he's like, So through Google, I asked the internet, How might one re- re- rewrite a CD to a CDR? And it, his Paul's delivery is amazing, <laughs> as he says. Yeah. And the internet's response to that question was, You idiot. You fucking idiot. What are you doing? Some things you can't rewrite. <laughs> because it's a cdr you can't rewrite a cdr like the fact that like he googled that and like like i can imagine him sitting at the computer and and just googling how to rewrite a cdr and we've all had we've all had this moment we've all done it to where we've like googled something stupid (laughs) that we should know the answer to and we're like you fucking idiot it's but so fucking perfect. He sounds so defeated. Yeah, and salty at the same yeah. <laughs> time because <laughs> he's just pissed at. Because at this point, like I said at the beginning of the video, like when you listen to Paul, when he's like ha- he has these ideas of like, okay, th- I'm going to show you how these demo things work, and he's like, hey, like he's like in a, in his upper register and shit, and very excited about things. By the time, like as this as fourteen goes on, he's like more and more, like. Defeated. Like he says at some points, like how he's like, 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 you know, feeling uneasy later on. He's like, this is scary now. He's like using, like, he's talking about how this is scary. This is the scary part. Like his mood at the beginning of 14 starts like at an eight. By the time he's done, he's at like a negative five. And it's interesting that's why i said earlier like this is why it's fun doing this in podcast form because you get to hear that yeah instead of instead of seeing all the visuals as it's happening you get to hear paul playing through this section going from that eight to a negative five and and and, and, like just being totally like not even dejected but confused and scared and and even more confused, and being to the point where it's just like he just he just doesn't know. He's like, I don't even fucking know what's going on anymore. Though with that
3: said, one thing, and it's a recurring thing through Petscop, is he says in fourteen, a, as he's trying to get into the room through the recording, he keeps saying, "I know the door is closed, but if I if I believe that it's open, it's open." Yeah.
2: And that's when he's still optimistic. That's when yeah. he's still at about a seven. The thing that
3: I find interesting about that is I don't remember exactly which one it was. I want to say it was 11. He is unsure of where to go in the Newmaker plane and he's like, "Okay, I have this drawing from when I was a little kid and I'm going to try a long shot, but just trust me."
2: Well, that first happens like in like 3. Is
3: it that early? Yeah, and he, really yeah, early. Yeah, he recreates he does it again later. Yeah, but it first happens in three. Like it's one of the early ones. The one that I'm thinking of is probably the later one because it's, it's when he discovers the road that goes to the house to no, Marvin's it's, house.
2: It's when he. it's it leads when him tire, to the tire spinning, and which that's like that makes that's, the like even five. It's 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 yeah. It's an it's an earlier one. It's not eleven. I know that. Regardless, Wait, I could be wrong. Fuck, I don't.
3: Like, that had to have been, like, programmed in. Like, the drawing was nonsense. Somebody mapped it out on the Reddit, and it's just, like, a bunch of squiggles, like, here and there.
2: This is a growing organism. (laughs) You're not wrong. You're not wrong. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get into that shit here pretty soon.
3: Yes, we will.
2: So, got 14 Uh, comes to an end when he finally makes it into the garage and uh, he looks at the computer that's which why you have the computer in the garage like a full PC is just in the garage don't really know why that's where the PC is but and he explains how this is the website and what we can barely visualize of the the website on the computer looks like an old like 90s GeoCities website and he's talking about how that was the website that he found that was written on the, the original note on the game and shit. You see um, screen caps a tool, the new yeah. maker plane. And what did it say? But yeah, this is it. This this is the your child page, which I would love to see what the fuck your child page looks like. Judging by all the text, I wish I could read it. Uh Jesus because mm. yeah he can't actually like read what's on the screen as we can't either obviously it's so tiny in the resolutions and th- this is yeah. what he says I have no idea what's going on anymore what even is this not sure what I'm doing now and then the game and then when he uh I think he like he wanders back into the bedroom that I believe is still dark I don't think it's green again is it green again at the end
3: no, it's black consistently okay. throughout the entire one. Oh, you mean like the actual lighting? Yeah, it's dark. Yeah, it's yeah. still dark. And that's when he like
2: he goes back into the bedroom and he hits. The, we get the thud of the character hitting their head again on the door, and he says this again. And then he goes back into the bedroom, and he, as he tries to go back out, we get a, the text block, but we never see what it says, and it just freezes. And he's like mashing buttons. And the last line of Petscop 14 is simply Paul saying Fuck. Because the game froze. And that is Petscop 14. So now we arrive at Petscop 15 which just immediately sends us right back into the school where we are in half-assed first-person mode. I guess it's like third-person because we see the Guardian sprite. Um wandering around, you know, as we saw in, uh, shit, what was the, uh, original 12. 12. 12 was the, the original, yeah, the, it was a demo.
3: Uh, and it so, still hasn't changed from the demo. It is half-developed. Lockers are spawning in and out of existence along with walls.
2: Very clippy. Everything Extremely nice. clippy. The
3: buggiest part of Petscop.
2: Oh my god.
3: Which. And,
1: uh, is
3: it. Be
1: exact, like. Exactly
3: it makes you wonder. Because, is it just half finished? Because. Like, Petscop's a growing organism, right? So, like, it's constantly changing with each generation. Like, I don't want to get too deep into that because we'll cover it later. Yeah,
2: it's going to be the. Prime. Way later. Way <laughs> it's fucking like later. Most of the next podcast.
3: Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like. It's intentional. Like, it has to be intentional.
2: I don't know. Maybe, like, when Rainer started making this portion of the game, it was just too complicated. He was just like, man, this is hard work making this third-person, first-person shit. And I suck at it. And and again, we're talking about this this was being made in the 90s, too. True, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's not like he's ID Software making Dune like he has yeah. like that technology. Uh, we don't know, we don't know what he's using to make this game. Heavy metal music starts playing, Paul walks in, slays the shit, fuck out
3: of some demons. When
2: when Rainer started this Doom, what Doom was like what? 96, 97 maybe? Was it that early? That early. I'm th- I'm thinking it's late cuz see for rainer me that's starts, early cuz that was like
3: 2 years well, into my shit, life well no
2: yeah cuz <laughs> like yeah rainer starts it on the it's it's a ps1 game it Either starts way. at
3: 92 in 2001 right it yeah, started but, in 92
2: but he yeah the original the original concepts, and concepts and stuff. yeah but uh the first uh thing we see in 15 that's a red flag is as the guardian sprites meandering around uh They see a picture of what looks like a girl in a sun hat. And I believe it's something we've seen in a loading screen previously. But as he approaches this painting on the wall, a strange song starts playing. Like... With the four letters G-I-R-L just kind of rotating around in midair as... The guardian sprite's moving around, and he kind of tries to interact with it and whatnot, and then starts to walk away. As he gets halfway down the hallway, we get a demonstrative sound.
3: Pulls him right and back. And pulls in. him
2: right back. And all of a sudden, like as as we're watching, it's like, and as we're watching the guardian sprite being pulled back, the eyes are now like upside down. Tr- no, they're just triangles. Are they up? Yeah, they're upside down triangles and it pulls it right back into the girl floating in the air the painting and the sound and he attempts to leave this area again, pulls him right back and he finally is able to just sneak off into a room and now we're back in a classroom with a chalkboard some desks and Marvin play music for baby <laughs> so as, as Marvin comes out from behind the chalkboard he just says sit here and as the guardian sprite sits in the chair we get a little jingle and he's just for the present this wait what I
3: Is have it, sit okay. here for the present
2: Yeah,
3: sit here for the... Yeah, I've got the script in front of me. I'm just following along. Okay,
2: so redo, rewind. Marvin comes out from behind the chalkboard. And now, Creepy Pete. And as we see it being played out in the phonetic, weird uh, text that utilizes the PS1 controller outputs, Marvin again starts speaking to... The guardian sprite and says, "Play music for baby." No, he says, "Sit here for the present." Oh,
3: I thought we already covered. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was rewinding. Okay, 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 okay. okay, I got you. Okay, let me go back a little bit. Yeah, he says, "Yeah, okay, yeah." So he does. Yeah, he starts off with, "Sit here for the present,"
2: and then and says, "This is Bell." with out the e on the end like we've seen in in Bell's episode her name is spelled B E L L E Marvin just says Belle, Bell B E L L but as we know it's to it be this,
3: fair he spells Paul P A L L it's probably
2: just uh, uh,
3: it's quicker for him well
2: to, that and it's probably uh you, you know the fact that you know you're working with just the buttons on the PlayStation controller combination of things that you know you probably just can't do it like he wants to do it So, from behind the chalkboard, like a magic show, the bell sprite comes out with the bell face and everything, uh, and says, I am Tiara, not bell. Press nifty. And the guardian sprite slowly responds with what? Nifty. And then the TRS Sprite says no, and it goes back and forth, and it's just, you know... Finally, once Paul gets the controller inputs right, we get a little jingle, and all of a sudden we're in... The
3: texture editor.
2: A texture editor. Which we see every texture from in the background we have seen so far in Petscop. And there's a few other ones that we haven't seen utilized. And we witness the player drawing on these... Wait, well, no. First, they just say hi on one of the textures. And then just starts drawing random lines and squigglies and stuff. And... It looks like Pink Tool. As the episode ends, all we see is the texture editor is no longer there. And now we see the, the classroom again. And we see all of what what the player drew on these textures is now on the screen in the school. On the chalkboard it says hi. You can see all of the squigglies that he drew on the brick textures and everything just shows up. So we have now been introduced to the fact that you can edit this at any time. And that's the only reason this episode exists is to introduce that. Just to show us that feature which is other than the whole girl sequence with the picture and everything, that's still a little confusing.
3: Yeah, I feel like that was... That part, I feel like, was programmed in. Because I don't know if we ever saw that portion of the school on our first runaround. He just went to the lockers, and the green tool took over most of the
2: control. Yeah, we never saw that painting. Like I said, I think we've, we saw the girl in the sun hat in a loading screen previously. Darkened and everything, but... Uh, that wasn't a loading screen. Other than that, the whole girl sequence, it's been, you know, there's all the theories of how Paul is Care, Care is Paul. You know, the whole idea of the girl thing, maybe it's trying to remind Paul, who might have been Care, that he's a girl. There's the whole trans thing that's been theorized, which I think is horseshit. I used to I used to ride that train. I think it's a red herring.
3: Yeah. Now that we are up to 21, I am under the full belief that Paul and Care are two separate people. Yeah. Um,
2: It'd be too with, easy for that to be the story.
3: Yeah. That with that said, I also think it's important to note that Care and Paul are the same age. They do look similar. They're clearly related. They both have the same eyebrows or lack thereof um, but i definitely believe they're two separate entities and i definitely fullheartedly believe that paul is a man and always has been a man a confused man
2: but still a man um, a man who has been given this game and it damn near drove him insane <laughs> if it it might have oh. been the end i still i still believe that 13 represents paul's last game I still will always believe that. No, fourteen. No matter how many times fucking people fucking steal it from me, the idea. I'm not salty. Thirteen or fourteen? Thirteen. Thirteen. It's when he, when you hear at the end of thirteen you hear him pack up his notes and shit and you hear Poof. That's after oh. that's after thirteen oh, is when gotcha, it says gotcha. Petscop is always a growing organism. Because he, he gets the last he that's when he captures uh Ronath.
3: Yeah, and you hear him fumbling. Yeah, okay, and then okay, yeah, we we can touch on that in sixteen as well.
2: Yeah. So at that point, with fifteen, we have sixteen, which starts with ear rape. <laughs> which I believe that's how I, I put. <laughs> I ended is, the fifteen script. Hard. It just says PetScop sixteen ear rape. Uh, PetScop sixteen is uh, what it is. Um. It's clearly a surveillance room of some sort. Um, we, I almost want to kind of shelve discussing sixteen into covering seventeen because That's they, fair. They, they like they they like oddly go back to back, which I didn't expect. Uh, with the whole like when it starts with the darkened picture of the garage again, but now we see a vehicle in the garage to start. 16. But the game has clearly just been sitting idle. And then we get an alarm stating that whoever is playing this game, you know, no controller inputs have been recorded for an extended period of time. We get that giant alarm going off. And then we get. um,
3: Family, neighbors, police, whoever, keep game console running. Call provided phone number.
2: Which repeats over and over again. And eventually, at some point, like that phone number is always censored except for the one time we get to see the area code which is 203 i believe
3: yeah it's what virginia no it's uh, right?
2: connecticut connecticut somewhere in like yeah, south southwestern connecticut or something i don't know they 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 it's on the progress document they figured it out it's you can you can google it nothing's really come of it but
3: yeah, yeah. they located the but then the we city.
2: see a top-down what looks like a surveillance video of a bed, a TV, and that piano that we've seen in loading screens that has the PlayStation controller attached to it. And we see just a pulsating red dot that clearly represents someone in the room. And it's like as if like that's tracking their body heat. And we have that little compass looking thing that that now we know we will, but yeah, we're not going to delve That's why I'm saying, yeah, like we are, this is going to like bump right into 17. Um, but as we get that, we get that screen, the surveillance screen and the alert with the text multiple times, the ear rape and finally at one point it seems like the whoever is in that bed finally wakes up and we see that pulsating circle just wander down into what looks like the chair in front of the TV as if they're going to start playing again. And that's all we have of this, but what's interesting about Petscop 16 is how we all experienced it for the first time. Um, I was in bed. And I remember waking my... Flashbacks. I usually have my phone (laughs) in the hallway charging. This night, for whatever reason, it was on my nightstand. I left the phone on my nightstand, not charging. And I remember waking up and just like, groggily just looking at my phone and I, you know, hit the home button (laughs) and I see Petscop 16. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Immediate click. (laughs) So like, yeah. And like, this is when uh, you were still... Yeah, you still had classes at Parkland at that time. Did I? It was I? before you graduated, I think. When was Petscop 16? Was fucking yeah, me. you're
3: right. That was like, yeah, like six, seven months ago. So yeah, I was. Yeah, I was still a student.
2: But I just remember... Because I didn't text you right away. I was just like, well, let's watch this. And, you know... That first experience watching Petscop 16... When you get that alert. And especially like again, I'm like I have been awake for all of seventy four seconds when I hit play on this fucker. And I'm I'm watching it on my iPhone, just lying in bed, head on pillow, and all of a sudden (laughs) And I'm like, What the fuck? And that text rolls in and shit, and I'm just like, this is complete insanity. What the fuck is happening? and it was just like one of those mind fuck moments to where you're just like trying to figure out what is happening while you're watching it like now like all these months later it's like okay yeah that was what it was but at that in that first moments of watching it it was just like we haven't seen anything like this shit no my first Pet time going has fucking through it, gone insane now
3: i was so confused my first time going through it i knew what i was looking at and i knew that it was surveillance footage but that was all I knew. I spent my entire time watching 16 trying to figure out what the little aero compass meter yeah. was that was fluctuating. Didn't I'm, understand it. I'm assuming it.
2: it's like a heat meter because, like, it's like you know, you, when it's you look gradient. at the pulsating dot, yeah. yeah. You're like, that's clearly, like, measuring, like, you would think it's measuring somebody's body heat. And I'll go ahead and get into the theory that I've, if you know, I'm on Reddit, I'm, I've posted this on YouTube videos, I full heartedly believe that it's VHS footage. Absolutely, I know what VHS footage looks like. I have a fucking VCR. I still watch VHS. I have recorded videos that I made years ago. I'm fucking 37 years old. I've been—I was making VHS movies when I was a kid, making wrestling videos and shit. I, I mean, know what VHS looks like. I know the graininess of it. I—I I know that a uh, very specific look of a VHS and it
3: makes sense because Petscop had to be programmed on PS1 it's 2017 and they have to yeah. play it on PlayStation 1 so and if why like they would keep all their recordings in the same format so if they started on VHS they would always prefer yeah. to use VHS and they would have
2: had to re-recorded like all these uh, the shit like from uh Petscop Seventeen onward—that's old footage. That's old shit. Right. But it's at the same time, they're like—they found that deep within the game. So that is—I I can see how that is. They did the whole sound test thing. Bye 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 right. bye 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 bye. So I can see how like that is actually on the disc. But to have been monitoring someone playing PetScop because everything that can't else, be on the disc. That yeah. Would have had to have been something different. Everything
3: else you can use a capture card. Yeah. you can't use a capture card for a surveillance.
2: And obviously, I mean they aren't in okay, we'll get back into the Bell. like remember in Petscop 12, the Bell episode. It's like is there a st- is there still are you still sitting on a chair? Like he like they describe the room that we see in that surveillance footage in Petscop 12 after Bell has escaped. Is there even still a chair, whatever it says. So clearly this room is like a testing room. Maybe that's where, like, Care played it and uh, Mike played it before he passed away. So we get all that footage and the Petscop Easter stuff. That has to be the room to where it was being tested. But at the same time, maybe once Marvin's playing it, that's where he's being held captive. Maybe that is Marvin in that room. And we get that alert because why would that alert happen if it was Paul or, or not Paul, but care or Mike? Because they're just little kids. They're, they're not going to keep them in this room. They right. Kind of, so either it's Bell or it's Marvin or one of these other names that we see on, on a, I think it's 18. When we see all those names of people like in the generations that they're looking at. Like, who's played what, when, and whatnot.
3: Dozens of yeah, them. Yeah,
2: it's insane, which we'll get into that. I mean, that's 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 going to be a fucking nightmare for us to talk about. We're going to have to, like, really make notes and make screenshots and everything for that. And with that, we out. I actually, I should say, we will start working on the next Local 58 probably within the next month. Cause this one's going to be fun. Cause we get to yeah, do the, the cartoon, cartoon for right? children. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to yeah. be entertaining. I've cadaver, had, I, is that I have what it's notes called? taken. What cadaver is that? Yeah. What it's cadaver called? is the character. Yeah. yeah. I have some notes taken of how to even cover the, uh, the, the, the moon thing. Yes. And all that stuff too. The Major's mask moon. So thanks for listening. Thanks to the Patreons. Thanks to everybody. We out.
0: Deuces. Fuck. <laughs> As Paul, quote Paul, <laughs> fuck.